You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Fucking Christ, that's confronting. It's got a hard ending on that one. <laughs> a real hard ending. And they make you work for it. Absolutely. That's Congratulations a... to anyone still listening. Welcome along. Christopher Brown, thank you so much for making that for us. The wee hardworking lads of the worst idea of all time. Brought to you this week by Big Pipe. Bigpipe.co.nz. It only exists in New Zealand. Yep. We've got the biggest pipes here in New Zealand. America, you guys have always pride yourselves on your pipe making. Um... Well, guess what? I mean, we've, we've got a new formula down here, and we're, we're breeding them big. Uh, and big pipe, when you're looking for a, a, a big pipe, well, there's only one place to look, Tim. You should probably mention what the uh, what the sponsor does, yeah, and that is they... fill the pipes with wireless no. internet. Yes, uh, wired. Well, then it becomes wireless. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking check that, <laughs> check that out, New Zealand. Think about that for a second. <laughs> very fast, very cheap, very excellent internet with no contracts and no caps on your data, and no throttling. That's right. No pesky, pesky, aggressive. It's a different tone when you say it like that. Throttling. No, it always comes across the same to me. But we don't right, worry about it because it's... Right. Listen to this. Throttling. That's fine. I think I'm okay with the word in the context of Big Pipe because there's no threat of throttling ever happening. That's true. Bigpipe.co.nz. And if you sign up, make sure you use the code WORST. That's the best. Um, so we've just watched the movie for the third time. <laughs> just let it slip, bro. <laughs> just, <laughs> just let that one fly right under the radar. Um, the movie took a little turn for me today, and I think I've had a little taste of what's to come. Because <laughs> watch one is always going to be met, I wouldn't say universally, universally with elation, but whenever you've seen a movie 52 times and then you see a movie once, you're like, this shit rules. Yeah. Pretty straight up and down formula there. And then the second time we watched it, we were very excitable. We had a full head of steam. I think that came across quite accurately. And now all the auspices 
of those first two watches have been removed. Uh, it's back to the old standard. Sitting on a couch with the old, old mate Monty, uh, just hoping against hope that something different will happen in a movie, uh, the plot of which we're becoming intimately familiar with. Already. Yeah, it did move slower, but there was still some good stuff. Definitely, definitely. There's some exciting... Well, first of all, during the watch this today, Zach Efron keeps saving money in a shoebox. Uh, he keeps putting his money in the shoebox, and he the first time he did it in the movie tonight, I realized and said to him, you know, we never see what he does with this money in a shoebox. It doesn't make any sense. And mm. then about halfway through the movie, Tim turned to me and said, a shoebox is a terrible place to save money because if there's a house fire, that's all gone. Yeah. And then... We kept watching and we're sort of like, ah, oh, well, another week without finding out what's going on with the shoebox. But if you stick around for the, from through the first bracket of the closing credits, it's at Tanya Romero's house. Of course. You guys know Tanya Romero, right? The character whose house is being foreclosed on by the bank until Paige, the hustler man, comes in. Paige he, is a bad dude. He doesn't. He's Paige in. Paige isn't that bad. He's in over his head. He's a capitalist. He's guessing a lot of the time. Yeah, but he believes in the free market. He and read. will steer him correctly. He read the Wikipedia page for the Fountainhead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, he then, and then the full, head, the forward for the Art of the Deal yeah. by Donald Trump. And he got a head full of steam. And based on that, he started a whole empire. He and calls it an empire. It's actually a surprisingly depressing office block with just this open plan yeah. situation with depressed It's quite interesting because the movie uses a device that when you go into his office, you see it through his eyes. And so you kind of get the delusions of grandeur. Whereas, I mean, we, you know, we, well, uh, yeah. You don't you really reckon? You feel like that's them sexing up his office. Yeah. Because it looks fucking depressing to me as is presented. Oh, mate, it's so much worse. Really? Yeah. Jesus. If that's the glorified version of it, the real version must be like full-on crack. It's just a guy in a garage with a baseball just bouncing it around <laughs> the different corners of the room. Wearing a very, very outdated USB headset connected to a... Uh, <laughs> A Pentium 2. Kind of like Christian Bale in the big... Sh is that what Christian Bale's like in the big short? Uh, no. Well, quite visually, yeah, what you're describing is there, but, but he's, he's more of like a genius who just <laughs> dresses all rumpty. Makes a real point of it. I don't know about this one. This movie's still fine, but it's, um, it's quite incredible. Um, I didn't appreciate how quickly The Descent would start and it makes me a little bit nervous because the first bit of this movie is real good a lot of movement a lot of music yeah <laughs> you shake your head at me yeah no it is good it carries you along and then it's about the prob it's probably just shy of the 20 minute mark i reckon it happened and i looked at you and i went oh things are, things are definitely slowing down versus the the last couple of weeks that's for sure yeah it's still pretty efficient storytelling like it's all cool time. Everyone's having a cool time. You're having a cool time for an hour, and then for an hour, I wasn't having a cool time for an hour today. Yeah, I'm talking about the boys in the movie though. They're having a cool time. The first hour, they're having a cool time. And fuck boys on the fuck. When those was the when those guys are having uh, a cool time, it's pretty easy to buy into it and be like, yeah. yeah. The other thing is, what I thought is, uh, I don't know. We should, we should. 
I guess it doesn't really matter what we do, but we should be judging this movie purely on its own merits rather than against Sex and the City 2 and Grown Ups 2. But why it's so much easier and faster, I think, is because there's an actual object, like there's an actual objective. Yeah, that's true. There's We're actually, working towards something. Yeah, and so you're like, oh, well, yeah, I mean... I'll- Which seems ridiculous to say out loud about a movie until <laughs> you've had to watch Sex and the City 2 and Grown Ups 2 50 times a piece, and you forget that films are supposed to have a point. Yeah, and they're kind of uh, like, they're, so, they're, they're actually after something. They, they're like young and hungry instead of being middle-aged and loaded. Yeah. And so that means that, the, yeah, you're watching you're watching a sort of story unfold. It's not that good, though. Um, it's not the worst. It's not the best. Would you describe it as the Citizen Kane of our generation? Uh, in the full sober light of day, I, <laughs> I would actually revisit that commentary. I would revisit that, uh, that review. It doesn't sound like Tim Bat to backtrack. They don't call you Back Bat. No, and that's why I am just announcing that I would, I would revisit those comments. I would revisit them. How would you travel towards them? Would you travel forwards or would you be traveling backwards? I would travel forwards toward them, analyze them, and there's a pretty good chance the direction that I seek after that would be in the reverse of forwards, I would say. <laughs> You're speaking like a politician. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> for good cause. Because I don't want it. No one wants to eat their own words, man. You know, it's it's nah. like it's like Squirrel said in the movie. Are we ever going to be better than this? Do you know how you get better by never growing as a human, never accepting what you did in the past was a bad thing? Because then that means you are imperfect, and that's not the way Page has run his business. That is not the way Zakoli Pastor is marketed, and that is not the direction that this podcast will be taking under my stewardship. Thank you very much. I think it's wonderful to see the movie taking such hold of you and having such influence over you so quickly. It's because I'm just seeing some fuckboys on the big screen and we had some nice big speakers that we watched the movie with this time. <laughs> Headphones was a good choice. Good speakers are also a good choice. I think this movie would not work whatsoever if you were watching it with subpar sound. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I think the sound does a lot of heavy lifting. Absolutely. I think the idea of someone watching uh, this movie on their phone is very funny. It's very funny to me that someone would watch this entire movie on their phone. Just with the, with the, <laughs> the little Ford blasting speaker. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. It wouldn't work, man. We should watch it what on a phone. What movies fo- would? We should watch it on a phone. Yeah, all right. I guess. Just between us, one fucking phone yeah. someone's just holding for an hour and a half. Ideally in transit. Ugh. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I guess we'll, yeah. All right, we'll do that. Let's not do that too early, though. <laughs> we want to let ourselves marinate within uh, what we're dealing with first a little bit. In the We Are Your Friends stew. Yeah. Yeah. There's also something very friendly about the film, you know? Everyone's looking out for each other. Except Johnny Depp. I don't trust that guy. He's a fucking snake. He's all good. So there's, guys, there's four fuckboys in this movie. One of them dies. That guy's Squirrel. One of them's a hothead. His name is Jarhead. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Yeah. And he's fine. He sells drugs as his main pitfall. But aside from that, he doesn't really have any motive. He just wants to make money. He's wearing a weird hat most of the film. 
I don't like his costume choices. I think they're communicating a dark underbelly. No, he's, he's, he's a snake. He wants to be an actor, and he's not a snake. He just likes hats. I think he, it's probably a confidence thing. Wear a big hat, it could be a good conversation starter for him. He doesn't sound like the kind of guy who needs that. I well, yeah, that's, but that's because the hat's doing a lot of heavy lifting. You think the hat's fulfilling its purpose so well that it sort of becomes... It's like when someone does such a good job that you'd no longer notice them. Yeah. In their work. That's like the hat. But I've noticed the hat, so it's clearly not doing that. You didn't notice it, though. No, I didn't notice it at all. I noticed it big time. It's a bad hat, and he's a bad guy. Why is he a bad guy? What because does he do? he's got a goatee. When you've got a goatee in the no. movies, it means you're Satan. That's like the messaging. No, that's all wrong. That's the visual You've cue. got a goatee. I, this isn't a goatee. You've had a goatee? Only by accident, though. And I certainly Still wouldn't had it going into a motion picture. You're in the motion picture of your life every day, Tim. Hmm. And you had a goatee. Hmm. His one was groomed, though. His one was Yours like, was immaculately groomed. It was not. Now you're making it. Was lo- it was more like, it was like a billy goat scruff more than the goatee. But it was, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I liked it. I'm not saying it was the devil's work, but that's what you're saying. When you see it on film, that's what a filmmaker, that's what Max Joseph is trying to tell us. Max Joseph is going, guess what, everybody? I'm the most Joseph one can be, and I'm here to tell you the devil's in this film, and his name is Johnny Depp. Nah, man. Ghosties are... They're they're regular, regular stuff. Think of a movie where there's a goatee in it where the guy isn't a depiction of evil. I can't think of many goatees. Yeah, neither can I, actually. What's that movie with Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley where she plays the devil? Uh, Bedazzled. Yeah, I want to say Bedazzled. Is that right? Nah. She grants wishes and things. Yeah, yeah. That was originally a Peter a Peter Cook movie. Was it? Yeah. Who played the devil? Was it a sexy woman or was it Dudley Moore? I can't remember. Hmm. Food for thought. Food for thought, dear. If you've got a hungry brain, we've got food. Imagine if We Are Your Friends was a reboot that we hadn't figured out yet. Imagine living in a time when there will be a reboot of We Are Your Friends. That's what I'm looking forward to. Like a futuristic zone. Because if you tried to... <laughs> like, it doesn't fucking work. If you thought of what it would be a reboot if it's a reboot in 2015, so let's give it at least 30 years back, which takes us to 1984. Five. No. 1986. No, 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 no. It is. It's 1985. Yeah, 2015, 1985. So that would be like four fuckboys who are in a rock band. It would be, eh? It'd be like Whitesnake or something. Yeah, or they could They'd be, be in a glam rock be band. mucking around with synthesizers. 85. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, nah, because I reckon in 2015, they're like... EDM DJ fuckboys were the glam rock superstars of the day, you know? That's the equivalence. The synth is in 85, rather the hangers-on from the 70s where the pioneers were like, this is the new shit, and they held on for too long before it became cool again. They were in the in-between swing of the pendulum. You know what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? You you don't think that synthesizers were making a big impression musically in 1985? You weren't a cool person if you were using them. Let me put it that way. Case in point, Peter Gabriel. He was ro- rocking the synth in 1985. Probably earlier, actually. So he's probably Did he right. do Salisbury Hill? 
Oh, I couldn't tell you. Is that his big song? Couldn't tell you. Quite possibly. <laughs> I can't sing right now. I can usually sing brilliantly, obviously. I was going to say, you do normally have a golden voice of an angel, but it's a real shame that um, the last couple of weeks have just wreaked absolute havoc with that. That singing voice that we all know and love. We all love it when I sing. It's, I, don't even, I, even, I don't know what that was. It's an original. It's a Guy Montgomery <laughs> original. My shining light in the film this week, speaking of music, was when the four fuckboys gather around their newly minted pool <laughs> in their brand new apartment that they've moved into, and uh, they sing Santeria by Sublime. And they sing the bit, this is how I know it was an ad lib, that everybody knows. And then immediately they have to kind of cut the, the bit short as soon as they start entering into a verse. You think the cast was singing Santeria as an improvised offer for camera or just... 100%. It's, so I reckon Max Joseph, Maximum Joseph was like, I want you boys having fun. I come from a catfishy background. I know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like genuineness, uh, authenticity on screen when I see it. I need you guys to start mucking around and we're going to roll these cameras for 12 hours and get the best bit from it. That's a huge, huge ask for a director to say, I need you to muck around in the spa pool for 12 hours for one grab and yeah. then to pick out from 12 hours of ad-libs just people singing Santeria in a spa pool is like a hilarious jape to play on the entire cast. I'm to this is a classic Maximum Joseph. How it's happened as well is Maximum Joseph is so used to making a TV show with no budget where it's like him and, him and his buddy are the camera people in the original Catfish. I haven't seen Catfish. Catfish the movie is good. I've, I've only watched it once and it was a long time ago, but I remember it being like, it's interesting. And kind of quite sinister, there's kind of like quite a sinister sort of undertone to the thing. Because it's all about people on the internet pretending to be people they're not. But then the TV series is a lot lighter and weird. And now Maximum Joseph has gone, I've got funding, I've got executive producers, I've got a big dick-slinging publicity department behind me, I've got money to burn. I've got two extra syllables on my name, I've just changed it from Max to maximum i've ascended this is my final form and what that means is that i need to make a movie the opposite of how we did last time which is just fucking grab everything on the fly and everything we film goes in we're doing the opposite we're going to shoot these guys for 12 hours grab seven seconds of them singing a sublime song and that's going to make the cut out of a 12 hour it shoot. sounds it sounds ridiculous but i mean you can't argue with results and i have it on good record that my friend Tim Bat has once described the film we are watching as I've the Citizen Kane of our generation. Just so we're all on the same page. Heather DeFore, I will be I will be known as Maximum Bat. An honour. Yes, an homage. To Maximum Joseph. I think I used Heather DeFore incorrectly. From <coughs> here on in. Henceforth. From henceforth, that works. I shall be known Here as Maximum Bat. From now on. Right now. Right now. Starting now. Starting today. Maximum Bat. Effective immediately. It's another one you can say. To whom it may concern. To whom it may concern, effective immediately. To whom it may concern is like a preamble. My shining lights. Please. Uh... It was a very interesting decision 
uh, by the movie makers, or like it was just <laughs> really stuck out tonight uh, when they're at the Stanford party. Uh, Zakoli pastor, promotional spokesperson, Zach Efron is there with uh, Sophie, the character Sophie, uh, who's the female lead. Also, the she's the only female role. The uh, sole female. She is maximum Sophie or maximum female, whichever one you like best. Both. Uh, and so they're at the party and Zach Efron... Uh, she, he hear, overhears two people at the party like talking shit about Sophie being like, oh yeah, she went to college in Stanford and everyone saw her boobs and I didn't see her boobs and I'm real gutted. And Zach Efron's like, that is fucking horse shit. You cannot talk about Sophie in that way. You can't, yeah. you can't talk about anyone in that way. So he's like, I'm going <laughs> to sort it out. And he rocks up to them. And he's like, hey, when you jerk each other off, is it like a... um?" You do one and the he other. Said, he says, when you jerk each other off, is it a simultaneous... Oh, yeah, sorry. Do you take turns or is it a simultaneous kind of a deal? Yeah. And then, which is like <laughs> a pretty fucking homophobic joke to wait in with. Because they... He, it, it, <coughs> he's the hero. Script writers. You are, yeah, exactly. So Coley has the higher moral ground and immediately seeds the ground in one foul So swoop. he rocks him with his piping hot homophobic joke. The boys do not react at all. They're like, well, we might be misogynistic pig dogs, but we've got a real sense of right and wrong when it comes to sexuality and the fact that it's a spectrum and it's not a, there's nothing to be made fun of here. And then, so they don't laugh at all. And Zach Efron's like, what? You don't like my homophobic fucking jokes? And just punches one of them square <laughs> in the fucking face. And then it just cuts to like afterwards. And he's like, being treated like a hero. Yeah. By Sophie. Yeah. They have a, they've got the whole thing going on. They really like each other. They do. It's a whole to-do. Enjoyable chemistry. It's the kind of thing you see on screen very rarely. Not since... Once in a generation. Not since... You could say. Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio getting trapped on a boat. Have I seen such chemistry? <laughs> <coughs> Not since... Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes getting caught in a modernized version of Verona. Mm. Have I seen such chemistry? Not since... I don't think I know any other Leonardo DiCaprio films from enough detail. Nope, none. Gone. <laughs> Inception? Who's he in love with there? Alan Page? I don't think so. Haven't seen it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's... In He's in love with uh, a French woman, isn't he? Yeah, there is a yeah. I think you're right. But he's There's so definitely it's, a love it's interest. So confusing because he's always mucking. He's always in all these other people. He's in all these dreams. Here's the here's the bloody thing about that Chris Nolan. He went and made a film where people are asleep for half of it. I mean, how am I supposed to be on board yeah, with that? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. He fucking picked the right audience here. I was asleep for half. I couldn't make heads or tails of it. It was Jesus. absolutely. I woke up, I was in a dream, I wasn't in a dream, I was in a dream of a dream, and then I fell back asleep, and suddenly I'm dreaming about the bloody films. Absolute Just bloody nonsense. too hard to follow. Here's, too hard to follow. Here's something I had issue with uh, in We Are Your Friends tonight. Yeah. When the friends are all hanging out towards the start of the film, uh, they still live in the valley. They love it in the valley, by the way. They think it's the best. They keep going on about the sushi. No one's challenging whether or not the sushi in the valley is good or bad. Mm. Uh, but they are, like, real defensive about it. 
I think it's quite unhealthy. They treat the sushi in the valley like a sports team. Like that's how boorish and bullheaded they are in their fandom of it. Like if Jackie any- chucks a dude in a swimming pool in the middle of a party that's going absolutely fine simply for questioning whether or not <laughs> this sushi in the San no, Fernando it's, Valley it's is the even, best in the he, Western Hemisphere. He doesn't even question it. Jarhead's like, he's he's just sitting listening to two people have a conversation <laughs> about like eating sushi and then he leans in from outside of the conversation. He's like, yo, the best sushi, San Bernardino in the Valley of San Fernando, whatever. And then the guy's like, well, I don't think this lady looks like she uh, eats in the Valley. And he's like, dude, <laughs> The sushi in the valley is the best sushi in the Western Hemisphere. And the guy rightfully is like, no one gives a fuck. So he's like, well, I can't even remember what he says. Something that's not very inflammatory. Have a sense of humor. Something that's fine. Yeah, he says something. And then it's fine. Yeah, and then he says, have a sense of humor. And then he says, oh, I've got a sense of humor, bro. Here, he's like, here's one. You look like you dress like Hillary Clinton. And then throws him in the pool. Yeah. That's seriously what happens. It's a it's a it's a it's a weird bit, man. It's a it's a nice little bit of um, grown ups too that's filtered into this movie in some ways because it's just an escalation without any reason. He's a psychopath. Yeah, he's There's a, a lot of fucking. De- okay, on. I said this to a guy quite early on in the film this time. I suspect that there is a version. There's a cut. There's an edit of We Are Your Friends, which is twice as long as the version we're watching, because there's a lot of threads that are pulled at at some point in the movie and never returned to or addressed the first one is who's dad is it jarhead's dad yeah because i think the thing is is that cole this is another one cole knows that his mum is a piano teacher or was and then is asked by james who's the dj man is she still a piano teacher and he's like maybe like, I don't know. She could be, I think is what he says. He His answer says, she's out there somewhere, probably, and I don't know. Yeah. So he was around his mum enough to know that she's a piano teacher. So, it, like, what the fuck happened? And it's never answered. It's not reference. It's just sort of an allusion to the fact he's had a slightly sad life. Which is kind of fine by itself. I dig a little bit of mystery. That's, but it's just characterization. You don't have to wrap up every single thing. But there's, there's lots of these moments. Cole's dad comes in, and they set him up to kind of start being a dick. He's really, I, the he, way it's like shot comes, and scripted, yeah. it's like, oh, this is, this is a bad fucking dude. But all he's actually asking them to do is some chores, which he asked them to do yesterday, and they didn't free, do. Because they're freeloading. And then he's never referenced again. He never comes back. And don't you agree that he's, just the way that they sort of present him is that he's like an abusive parent. Because I'm they always shoot it, well, they shoot it because they shoot uh, Jarhead, who's like asleep on the bed, and it's like he's in, he's in front of frame, and then in the yeah. background, the dad walks in, sort of like it's like a, um, a shadowy hidden figure. camera show, like Target or something, where they're filming, you know, uh, tradespeople secretly going through the undie drawers or whatever in a bedroom. So he sort of comes like that in the background of frame, and slightly out of focus, blurred. and he's yeah. like, bloody, hey, do those, do the those roof. fucking leaves, yeah, he's like put the fucking roof on the house i've asked you for two years we haven't had a roof for two years you're living under this roof and you're not even doing it yeah crazy stuff well the reason they took the roof off is because like if you're living under my roof 
You pay my rules. And they're like, oh, yeah, old man. You want to fuck around with Jarhead and Zakoli? And they took the whole goddamn roof off the thing. Checkmate. Yeah, it's pretty good game. Mr. Jarhead, dad. Um, so, yeah, so he never reappears. And it's just like, fuck, man. One of the first things Jarhead says in What's the movie. What's going on with all the parents in this, <laughs> this goddamn movie universe? Something's happened to them. Mm. It's fucked up. It's like if you have kids, you just become real mysterious and no one quite knows what's going on with you. Which maybe is as, in the same way as like with the Peanuts cartoons. When an adult's talking, it's just that wah, wah, wah. wah, wah. And it's kind of like Rugrats, how kids have their own language and shit. It's like the interpretation of a millennial, according to this film, is someone whose parents exist as a loose concept. <laughs> but if they're not in the room... It's there's like this object permanence to them where they just they just got like parents are shitty and we want to as block them as, out. Yeah, they intrude every now and then into our lives. But apart from that, fuck all of them. All of them are just floating in purgatory, like swimming to against a slight current towards a door where they can enter into the frame of their children's lives and be like, "Hey, this." <laughs> it's like, oh, a ghoul. <laughs> Exit. Get out of here. And um, I guess. That speaks to this film's audience, or they're they're kind of the fi- Maximum Joseph. This is what <laughs> Maximum Joseph is a guy who I suspect is a lot older than the media knows about. <laughs> he's the kind of guy I reckon who's he's like, got three different ages on his Wikipedia page. Yeah, he's forty. Yeah, there's a question mark next to his date of birth. Like he's actually about forty five, but he's he's told everyone for the last eight years that he's thirty six. There was, a bas- this game. there was a basketball player at a high school in New York City recently who... <laughs> I think I saw he this, was, uh He was playing for like an under 18 or under 17 grade. And yeah. Everyone was, uh, everyone was like, oh, wow, this guy's like good. He could, he could be in the NBA. He's this good. And he was... Um, I think he'd, he'd immigrated from an African country. Yeah. And then someone brought up his papers and it was like, Hey man, you're 27. <laughs> 27. Yeah, he's like <laughs> six foot eleven. He's usually like, what are you? Do? You can't be here. Fuck this that is that high is school. <laughs> 27. But the thing is, because uh, his uh, like in in immigrating, his um, he, yeah, like he lost his date of birth or whatever. So I don't think the good, I don't think he's got any idea. <laughs> you don't think he knows. <laughs> Come on, guy. I know that you're a very trusting, lovely man who assumes the best of people, but I'm pretty sure this guy took the high school for a ride. I don't think he genuinely forgot about a decade of his own life and woke up, thought he was 17, and joined an under-18 basketball squad. The fuck, man? That's not what happens. I'm sure this very nice used car salesman wasn't aware there wasn't an engine in this vehicle when he dropped it off at my house. Hey, look, there's nothing wrong with seeing the best in people. There is when you get when you constantly get burned like you do, guy. I'm sick of seeing it. You wear your heart on your sleeve and every time someone sneezes on it, gives it heart disease. What I was going to say is I've got two things I've been trying to say mm-hmm. but I keep forgetting about. One of them is... So, uh, aside from all the sushi stuff in the valley, when they're in the valley and they're talking about getting out of the valley, like that's one of the goals of the movie. Yeah. They want to improve their quality of life. They you guys, the valley is a metaphor. Yeah. For? Like a, a valley in your life, like a low point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they want to live in the mountains. They're all trying to move to Colorado. Anyway, so when they're looking at properties, like, sorry, I've got this 
really annoying uh, sort of ticklish cough at the back of my throat. It's so. phlegm. You call it what it is. It's mucus. <coughs> You're a sick boy. I'm not. I'm healthy. It's biology. Uh, they're looking at properties to rent in LA when they're like, we're going to make it big. We're going to get into LA. And they're looking in this restaurant, like genuinely looking for the property that they're going to live in. These four millennial friends who are all up to speed with how everything works. They're looking at a fucking magazine. What in fuck's name are you doing? Like waiting till 2 a.m. and then looking for property in a magazine you found at a like late night greasy spoon. You out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> but mate, that's like who these guys are. That's who they are. They're the kind of dudes who rock the fucking house and they're not quite sure how to approach, you know, the next phase in their life, which is property investment or even just <laughs> obtaining a rental. You're just renting. This is a universe, mate. This is a universe where, as soon as you give birth to a child or like enter parenthood, you kind of disappear a lot. <laughs> like you're only twenty percent of what you used to be as soon as you have a kid, which is, in some circles, is the opposite of how it works here. Do you think that our heroes will learn uh, of this? What of what happens as a parent? Like, do you think that they'll figure it out? And therefore, I think they know. I so think- they'll be the la- one of the last waves of. Yeah, and you look, at the, you look at the stats, man. We're all having kids way later than ever before. You think they'll still have kids? Uh, With the knowledge that they'll start somewhere. like drifting further and further away from... Yeah, I think way less will. I think you're right about that. I know that that's the assertion you're putting forward, and I'm just saying, yeah, you just need to chill out with your assertions, guy. I'm not saying that we're going to like all end up not having kids. And I would appreciate it if you stop bringing race into the conversation as well, because that's not even relevant. I, I <laughs> so many assertions you're just throwing out. It's crazy. I can't follow the conversational thread you're laying down. I'm attempting a stitch up. I think I don't think it works. It's not come off right. <laughs> not come off. I right. apologize for that. I apologize for not playing my part and being stitched up. All you needed to do. Was just get on board and take the fall, man. You couldn't even do that. You know who you remind me of? Paige. No. Your hubris will destroy you in Abs- the end. Absolutely not. I'm nothing like Paige. Who are you? Out of these fuckboys, this, this I'm quadrant. I'm Zach Efron. You're not. I'm always, I am Zach Efron. You're Zach, Zach Efron. Efron. You're I'm Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, you're Carrie. Okay. <laughs> I'm fucking Lenny Fader. God, you cl- you're claiming Lenny with a big, loud, happy voice, which is a sad indictment on you and your interpretation of that character. Yeah, I'm misremembering it. What I'm saying is I... Uh, you're the mediocre star of your own movie. Yes, absolutely. Zach Efron's good, though. You love Zach. You, you said he was very funny. Oh, he is. I stand by that he is. He's a talent. He's a good dude. And that's been a rare thing as well. I guess Sarah Jessica Parker was good, too. But the movie wasn't really about her. But this movie really is about Zakoli. Mm. It really focuses in on Holmes. That's in on true. Him. That might be another reason we find it more satisfying. Yeah. Because the TV show the Sex things. in the City 2 had to just sort of vaguely maintain the notion that all four of the people were interesting when none of them were interesting. That's true. But this movie's like, hey, there's one person who could be interesting. Yeah. And we're really going to find out. And because they did film it. Remember, part of it is filmed as a documentary about. Zac Efron's genuine desire to become an electronic music DJ in Los Angeles. What are you talking about? The part of the it's part of it is a documentary. We brought you brought you brought this up last week, I believe. 
Oh, to, hey, look, my memory's a little hazy of uh, our last discussion of this film. <laughs> there's a there's a doco buried into the film, or the uh, whole thing's a doco. Uh, there's documentary footage spliced into the movie, right? Wherein Zac Efron didn't know he was acting, which is why his portrayal is so convincing. That's unreal. I get the feeling this is going to be one of those situations where I listen back to the podcast for episode two, and I go, "Oh, <laughs> this was this was an idea I had." And it is as foreign to me <laughs> as any I've never heard before. <laughs> and that's, you, that's what, what happens you, when you got a full head of steam and you come into it. What do you think, though? Do, do you do you find it to be a plausible theory? I I do. Yeah. Well, I also find <coughs> that um, I apologize if I said it because it's a real slight against Zac Efron because it suggests that there's no way in hell he could just be that good an actor unless it was he's a full pheno- method. He's a phenomenal actor. It's bloody good. That, that Baywatch film, man. High hopes for it. When's it coming out? Is it next year or this year? Probably uh, next year, eh? Probably next year. He's coming they do out. a long lead publicity on this he's shit coming these out, days, eh? Uh, he's doing a movie with Adam from Workaholics. Really? Yeah. and also, That's awesome. And also Aubrey Plaza. Uh, and someone else who's really good. I'm I'm thrilled to hear about like that a, cast. A, it's almost looks like a wedding crashes type reboot. Nice. Where they're kind of fuck up brothers, and they've got to bring classy dates to a wedding because they always bring they always come and get too wild at the wedding. I could see Zac Efron picking up the mantle of um, Vince Vaughn in a way. He's better nah. than him, I think. Nah, nah. Zac Efron's too like Vince Vaughn's got an edge. That's true, but. Oh yeah, and he kind of even in Swingers he has that. And oh he's yeah, young and that. Yeah, he's especially. He wrote that, hey. He John, and his Fe- mate. John Favreau wrote it. Oh, not with Vince Vaughn. Do I imagine that? I think you imagine that. Oh okay. I could be wrong though. Saw the Jungle Book. Oh, hasn't that John Favreau done well there? Good hasn't God. he done well? Well, this is what we can expect for the next fifty weeks: us flitting around different movies, trying our darndest not to constantly be zoned in on. Zicoli. The other thing the I wanted to stuff. say about Jarhead, which is why I don't really like him, is he's always quoting bizarre statistics. Mm. And I don't really care for that sort of thing. Mm. In the car, he says, at the start of the movie, when they're like driving around, flyering a fucking electronic music night on a Thursday in the valley with the energy like they're like on top of the world. Well, it's good energy, I guess. It's good hustle. Uh, but he says to he says to the car like he's preaching, like a sermon. Ninety nine percent of people in the world are looking for a party. One percent of people are the party. You need to be that. Just wide wise words, man. I know he's using math to get there, but it's an important point. Nah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what do you mean? Ninety nine percent of people are looking for a party. Oh, that's true. Actually, Absolutely what he's done not. is he's, he's kind of taken as a base assumption that 100% of people are involved in the party, which is not true. I've been to parties. Not everyone's there. Yeah, absolutely not. It would be madness if they all were. I guess it's like that that old saying, you know, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. But at some point, you've got to reconcile the fact that a more truthful reading of it would be, yo, 0.017% of people are looking for a party, but 0.0003% of people are the party. You want to be that. 
Like, it doesn't yeah. quite have the same ring to it, eh? Well, it's not as powerful, but it's the accuracy which I would appreciate. And that would probably help me get more on board with the character and be like, well, this guy obviously he has got big hopes to be a motivational speaker, but he's got a long ways to go. You I see, sure help he, he, he develops this skill over uh, the course of the movie. This is the thing about this fucking podcast. You're damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you had gone with the accurate statistic, we would have bloody riled you about that. There's no winning. Nah, if you went with the actual statistic, I would identify with him. I would tell you when you say, who are you in the movie? I would say, do you know what I'd say? I'd say this, I'm Jarhead. I'm Miranda. I'm David Spade. I would have had a whole different through line for myself. Right. You've retrofitted yourself back into the films in different positions. Yeah. Informed by your new role in this film. But. Dig it. It wanted to be. That Johnny Depp, though. He's all good. No, he's not, man. There's a darkness there. And he's one of those characters <laughs> where we know just enough about him um, to kind of get a sense of what he's all about and his motivations. But then they don't give you any, any more to be able to kind of resolve the character and put goodness in him. So what do we know? We know he's a drug dealer. We know he loves making money. And we know that he's he doesn't have the best ethical scruples. Because in that um, real estate company where he's just yeah, ripping off old grannies true. who are being foreclosed on, he's fucking on board. He loves it. He's the one who got those boys that job. So he's a bad man. And you know it should have been him hey, yeah. who died. <coughs> nah, because it's not sympathetic enough if he died. If you think he's a bad man, you wouldn't have cared if he died. Everyone mm. likes Squirrel. <laughs> it's funny I don't know if that's true Yeah It is true Remember They gave him the funny bit I only heard it for the first time this week um, After their first night out When everyone winds up Having sex mm. Except Zach Efron Who takes PCP And goes and Has a fucking wild time uh, The next day When they're all at the desert Getting paid their Minimum Amount of cash In an envelope Even though Like you pointed out They all live together But they still have to go And sort all their money stuff out In the fucking desert uh, it's cooler that Squirrel's way. doing like a sort of a off an off mic monologue while they wait for the action to start, and he's talking about Sophie did these crazy. What was her name? So- Sarah. Sarah. Sophie's so the main squeeze yeah. for Zach Zaccoli, and Sarah is Sarah Squirrel's is... love on the first night. Yeah, he's just riffing, and he says, "This is like did crazy things." Yeah, unspeakable, unspeakable acts. It's quite good because you you get a flash of her and the there's kind of like a um you know I forget what it's called a montage yeah little cuts between them of them getting their fuck on these fuck boys doing what they do best being boys and fucking because they're fuck boys and uh, when we see him hooking up with Sarah she's like where are those where are those nuts squirrel I want to see those nuts it isn't winter yet <laughs> <laughs> that fucking got me this time that hey did you say what your shining light was. Yeah, it was uh, the, whatever led to Zac Efron dropping a home, or Cole, sorry, dropping a homophobic joke and bombing and then getting real upset about it. That was my shining light. <laughs> We're on different paths for what a shining light is and we have been for so long. <laughs> it's what I enjoy the most in the movie. Fine, fine. Hey, we're going to wrap it up there though, bruh. That's cool with me, man. I don't want to talk to you anymore either. That's the end. So, look, um, we'll see you guys soon. And thanks for listening. And thank you to Big Pipe for supporting us. And thank you to the absolute madman on Reddit, Floral Cunt, who made a piece of art, which is uh, of me. And it really stings the nostrils. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> In a good way. Very positive. 
Uh, See you later, friends. Yeah, we'll catch you. Oh, boom, 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 Because we are. you going to play that dastardly intro again? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.